The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the February 13th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It's a great day to talk about money. That's why I'm here with you and it's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. And a shout out for Happy Valentine's Day. Today is, or this weekend's going to be special. So what's more special for a Valentine gift than to be in control of your finances? maybe buy a new home. So think about that. Think about something special that you can do for your uh, loved one and from your host here uh, saying happy Valentine's Day. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer your questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. Love hearing from my uh, listeners. And the lineup for the show today, Vincent Humphrey with Humphrey & Associates with over 24,000 attorneys in Washington State. How do you select one? How do you know that you're picking the best one for what you need for representation? That's a conversation I'm going to be having with Vincent today. Also in studio, I have Kiyoki McCarthy, uh, president and acting broker for Real Living Northwest Realtors. Uh, The top five things a real estate broker has forgotten that is killing their business. Also, something special to talk about all my listeners out there that might be selling their property. Last in studio, first-time guest here with me on the show is John Harker with John L. Scott Ording. Questions that all buyers and sellers may have about real estate. I'm going to be talking to John about that today. Great information. As always, industry leaders, great guests that I have here with me today in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call into the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 1150 or online at com, And let's go ahead and start out today's show, as always, with a little money chat. Money. Money. Yes, your credit matters. So today I thought I'd give you a little credit tips. Your credit score or FICO score determines the interest rates that you're going to pay on your credit cards, uh, loan mortgage, even the cost of car insurance, and whether or not you may get that job that you want. Your FICO score provides the best guide for future risk based solely on credit data. Now, your credit score varies from a low 300 to a high 850. Your FICO score is the middle score from the three bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. So what I want to talk about today is some uh, credit myths. And let's first talk about opting out of credit card offers. Many consumers assume that if they opt out of credit card offers, there will be fewer credit inquiries on your credit report. That's true, but however, it doesn't matter because these inquiries are considered soft inquiries. Soft inquiries do not affect your credit score. So you can keep the offers coming in if you want to see what they are. And if you do want to opt out on offers to reduce the junk mail, you can call 855, I'm sorry, call 888-5-OPT. Out. Again, that's 8885 opt out. You can go online and visit optoutprescreen.com to opt out of any credit card uh, offers. 
Now, closing accounts. This is another one um, that is a credit myth, and this is one of those you really can't backtrack and fix once you've done it. So I really want to caution against this. I've had many times that um, people have came in for a mortgage application and thought they had great credit, which they did. And in preparation for the mortgage application process, they went and closed out a lot of credit cards. This can be devastating to your credit score, especially if these credit cards actually have some history towards them. In the pie chart that represents your FICO score, 15% of your credit score is based on average age of credit. So the longer your history, the better your credit score is going to be in that category. So once you've closed out these accounts, now you've brought down the, you've lost that, uh, that credit history that you've had on that. Now, closing accounts can also leave you with less available credit, and 30% of your score is based on debt-to-credit util- utilization ratio. So say you have a 450 uh, in debt with a $1,000 allowable credit across multiple accounts, and you close that credit card with a limit of 500, you have taken your ratio from 30% to 90, 90% utilization. So uh, again, just re- uh, don't close out any accounts without consulting with your mortgage consultant first to find out if it's the best strategy for you or not. Best case, best is just to anything that's older than two years, just keep it open. Opening many accounts, some consumers with credit challenges believe that opening many accounts can prove that they have recovered and can handle credit. Well, why not? But they're actually getting credit offered to them. Actually, this is the opposite effect. It can actually show a sign of risk. You will want to establish just a couple new accounts to reestablish your credit, but don't over uh, overdo it. Now, also the inquiries is being 10% of your actual credit score the more you're having your credit report pulled on hard pulls. Hard pulls, again, are if you're applying for a loan, soft pulls, or if you're just getting offered credit. Um, So that additional credit that you're applying for is uh, bringing down your credit score based on the inquiries. Paying off collections. Paying off collection can dramatically drop your FICO score. I know that sounds crazy, right? But it's true. Again, we were talking about the um, average age of credit. So when you're trying to improve your credit score, you may think that paying off collections can help. This is not true. You may be surprised to learn that paying off old uh, uh, collection accounts can have a major impact on your credit. And the reason why is because when you pay off that old debt, the credit bureaus are adjusting the date on the collection to current event. Now, one of the five components that we talked about in determining your FICO score, again, is the average credit and represents 15% of the score. So ethically, you want to pay off these uh, this debt. And that's a that's a tip, a good tip, obviously, to pay those off. But make sure you first get in writing that the collection company will remove the debt upon full payment. So that's the key thing. Now, for applying for a mortgage, you're going to have to pay off sometimes those collection accounts, sometimes not. But what you want to do is you want to have those paid off at closing. Then paid off at closing, a soft pull is going to be uh, occurred just to ensure that you haven't incurred any new debt. So it's not going to affect your actual credit score. So that's the best route. What you can, what you do is if you paid those off, if you were pre-approved for a loan and then you went and paid off those collections because the lender said you needed to, but they didn't understand that that could possibly affect your credit score, it could be devastating in you actually getting that loan moving forward or not. Now, paying off loans early is better than making payments. Financially, not owing money, obviously, is the best thing um, in paying less interest costs. But the goal is to build your credit score. So you want to owe owe something because it affects the average age of the credit, representing, again, 15% of the credit score. And a mix of credit represents another 10% of your score. So you want to make sure that you have a mix of credit, meaning revolving versus installment uh, debt. 
Now, you can bump up hard inquiries um, off of your credit report. This is another myth that's not true. A hard inquiry, again, generated by creditors pulling your credit report to apply for a loan. Your score falls because of the it shows that you're interested in, in possibly getting more debt. Other inquiries and soft pulls, I've heard before, and a lot of people think if they just get soft pulls, it's going to knock off those hard inquiries. That's not accurate. The hard inquiries are going to stay there. The soft pulls are not going to affect those. Now, a common myth in consumers pulling credit and credit score, that their credit score that they pull as a consumer is the same as the credit score that you're going to see when it's pulled by a creditor. This would be wrong. The credit reports pulled by consumers are different scoring algorithms than are pulled by the banks, lenders, and credit card companies. Now, sometimes they are unique algorithms developed by separate model companies. Sometimes they are in industry-specific. Mortgage is industry-specific, meaning that your credit score is going to be different pulled by a mortgage company than pulled for a car loan or a credit card. Now, mortgage lenders have their own brand of FICO score. Even your FICO from My FICO Score, Credit Karma, and other consumers come have different uh, algorithms that they use as well. So you can have your credit score pulled from my FICO score and then have it pulled from uh, Credit Karma and see that the FICO score is different. There are 53 different models of scores. They risk grade different industries, again, such as mortgage, auto loan, insurance, student loans, and credit cards. So sorry if this is discouraging information. When you pull your credit report, you think that you've got a 780 credit score and come to find out by the mortgage lender at 720. That's just the way it goes because of all the other algorithms. The credit bureaus just want to make things really confusing. But it's good to get these free credit reports, check and see if there's any errors, um, because that's going to most likely be um, the same and accurate. It's just the credit score and how that is um accumulated, which is going to be different. So it's good to take a look, but just know and not be surprised when it comes time on the mortgage loan. And that's what I have for you today for Money Chat. Again, if you have any questions regarding uh, credit or any other tie five four hundred eleven fifty, coming up next in the Money Hour. Do you need an attorney? I hope you don't. But if you do, how do you find a good one? Well, Vince, Vincent Humphrey with Humphrey & Associates right here on 1150 AM KKNW is going to answer that question right after the break. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is Namdi Asamoa. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles. But what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school. And that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 13th show, Valentine's Day weekend. Make sure you do special, something special for your special one. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how they can affect your money. That's what the show's about. If you're listening to my show or hearing it at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. But I am here to answer any questions that you have and to also connect you with my guest, one 855 411150. Again, the show number is 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyara.com. In studio right now, Vincent Humphrey with Humphrey & Associates, sharing how to find a good attorney and how to be prepared for that meeting. Vincent, thank you so much for coming back in studio and being uh, my representation on everything uh, law. So glad to be here. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to everybody out there as well. But again, it's always a pleasure to sit in the chair and answer questions that you may have. Thanks, Vincent. And a little bit of a, a background about Vincent. Vincent Vincent is attorney at Humphrey & Associates, PLLC, which focuses on family law, real estate, and civil litigation. His passion is in bringing justice and clarity for everyone working man and woman. Vincent was just awarded Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. He is a little bit younger than me, not by much, just a little, by the Washington State Bar Association for 2015. He is the only one out of over 8,000 possible attorneys to gain this honor. Vincent holds a Juris Doctrine degree for University of Idaho College and Law and Bachelor of Science and Political Science for University of Washington. He has over 15 years of uh, mediation and negotiating training with, uh, he has gained through intensive classes and on-the-job situations. Vincent has ad- advised companies and overseen transactions over $100 million. Furthermore, he is skilled set has allowed him to cancel many companies ranging from tech companies to law firms. And I'm excited for our our conversation here, uh, Vincent, in, you know, with I started out the show with over 24,000 attorneys in Washington State. How do you select the one that is best for you? And that's a great topic for conversation today. So where should a person even start when it comes to finding an attorney? Great question. I I think one of the things that has to be identified when you start off is just what is your legal issue, Mm -hmm. right? You can waste a lot of time when you go to an attorney's office or searching online. If you don't know or if you're unable to articulate what what the heck is going on? So really starting there, understanding I have an issue. Is Uh it a legal issue? What is it exactly? Um, Because again, meeting with an attorney, him or her or the organization trying to figure that out on your behalf is just a lot of wasted time. And so in order to, I guess, kind of go from there, talk with other friends. Maybe you have a okay. friend, maybe you've got a coworker or somebody else that is experiencing something similar to uh-huh. what you are. So start there. If you can't quite put your hand on it, but something feels wrong or it's yes. not going, or maybe it's not even wrong. You want to start a business or you're trying to do something proactively. Ask somebody else that's gone through that process because they may be aware of questions that you haven't even thought about. And then just going out there and reaching out to an attorney saying, hey, I've I've got something, not quite sure what it is. That's just a big waste of time. So in in you talked about questions in preparing for that initial consultation that you're having uh, with an attorney. Are there a list of questions that you should uh, prepare ahead of time? I would say that obviously every situation is a little bit different, but going in there with things that are important to you, communication style, how Mm -hmm. is the fee structured, how uh, would we communicate going forward, 
some background information as it relates to your situation. Having those things, I, th I say it's always best to have that written down because when you're sitting down in a legal consultation, even just a professional consultation, regardless mm -hmm. of the industry, there's a lot that's said. There's a lot of information that's shared. There's a lot of things that are going on. And I've had many people that have met with me or others at the firm. And when they leave, they have that aha moment that, oh, yeah. I wish I would have asked this, yes. right? And then maybe you have to reschedule. So thinking through that ahead of time, talking with your friends, family members, or coworkers, and asking them, saying, hey, I'm meeting with an attorney. Uh -huh. What do you think I might be missing? And then having that prepared ahead of time so that way you can make sure when you leave, all the things that are on your mind yes. have been addressed. And I, you know, I'm going to talk about costs later, so I don't want to go there right now. But <laughs> with an attorney, you definitely want to be prepared. So have those questions because yes. if you're not and you've got to have those extra meetings, it's going to cost more money. Now, what should uh, my listeners know before beginning uh, the process of working with an attorney, uh, Vincent? Yeah, and two things come to mind with that. One, you need to understand your outcome. You may have a legal issue, but the outcome, does it make sense for you? If it's you know, a legal situation that is really not that important to you and you're just kind of kicking the tires around mm -hmm. that, well, do you really want to go through maybe uh, the litigation process? Are you looking to negotiate something out? What is your outcome? I mean, you'd be surprised how many people that I meet with that don't know what they really want through it all. Okay. When you're meeting with an attorney in whatever their field is, I mean, we do a lot of family law, we do some real estate and some civil litigation, but I ask that question, what is it that you're hoping to get through this process? Some have answers and some uh -huh. say, well, you know, I, aren't, aren't you the one that, to do that for me? And yes, I can walk through the legal process, but I don't know, are you trying to settle this out? Are you trying to go all the way through litigation? Uh -huh. What is it? that you want. So having, so having that ultimate plan yeah. or that ultimate goal. Yes. And yes. then looking at it, taking a step back, saying, does legal action make sense to you? Maybe uh -huh. it's a bad time. Maybe there was a death in the family or your children are getting ready to graduate. And it's maybe not the best time right now to start this action. And so I usually uh -huh. ask that as well. What's your timeline? Is this something that you want to do right now? Is this mm -hmm. a three-month conversation and you just want some good information? Where are you at? So understanding your outcomes and the timing on that. Otherwise, you could, again, be wasting time and obviously your money. We're yes. here to try to save you that. Yeah, it makes sense. Are there different roles that an attorney can take throughout the duration of their representation? Yes, yes. There are a few different hats that attorneys play when you hear attorney, you might think just courtrooms or you might think it's just paper pushing, but there is obviously litigation, right? uh -huh. going to court, right? You see that on TV all the time, but there's also the role of advisor, right? Maybe you just don't know what your options are, how to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, maybe you just need advice. Evaluator, maybe you've been served with legal papers or somebody is kicking an idea your way and you need somebody to interpret that what does this actually say? You can yeah. go to an attorney to just evaluate what is this situation? Uh, and then negotiator saying, hey, I've kind of started this process or I'm thinking about starting it. I need help because I don't know all of my rights. What are all of my options? Can you negotiate this on my behalf? So a really good attorney, again, the topic of this segment, can understand all of those different roles and can navigate through them. Makes sense. And, and to help the client understand what role that they're going to play in yes. whatever legal situation they're dealing with. Yes. So what are a few things that an attorney may require from their client throughout the process of representing them? Yeah. 
one of the things that comes up a lot uh, with myself as well as you know some of my colleagues is the the diligence aspect. When you come to an attorney, there are certain things that you're requiring of uh, an attorney such as myself, but we're also requiring certain things from you. We, we're working with strict deadlines and time frames mm-hmm. that things need to be done. If it's in the court situation, they have their rules. If it's responding to the other side, there's timelines and uh, regulations that dictate that. So there's responding to emails, right? our phone calls, uh, other things that we're asking for. So just the diligence piece in regards to the communication. And again, another quick tip at the beginning is have that set up up front. If you communicate via email or you like to be on the phone, you want to find an attorney that is receptive to what works best for you. Makes sense. Because if you're in a situation and you want to talk uh, via email and your attorney is insisting on sending letters through the mail, Mm -hmm. you're going to be in a world of hurt going forward. And it just takes a long time. So making sure that they communicate and they're accessible based on on what you need. Yes. So let's talk about money, because I know (laughs) that attorneys have a lot of fees. And are there different ways attorneys are charging and, you know, um, on the hour, every 15 minutes? You know, is there a minimum? (laughs) Let's get it out there. All right. So when it it comes to that, there's a... uh, all sorts of different ways uh, that attorneys are paid. One is contingent, right? You see okay. that a lot in the personal injury world where you hear Contingent's those, good. Right? I like You know, we get paid if you get paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's flat fees to say, mm-hmm. you know, your situation, we're going to do everything that needs to be done for this amount of money. Right? I like and the that's flat fee next. Flat fee, right? Yeah, that okay. way there's no, nothing's no jumping questions. out of the closet. Uh, and, and they then, can call you as much as they want with a flat fee. In those situations, okay. it's right. upfront. Okay. All right. And so you have to realize that because of that, the attorney is factoring in the time it's going to take, their Got level it. of experience mm-hmm. and all that. But the good uh, thing for the consumer or the client is that you know upfront what that is going to be. Then there's hourly, right? A lot of, yeah. uh, I would say that's more the traditional method. How, what's your hourly rate? How yep. much do you charge an hour, which gets into the retainer? And retainer, all that is saying is, we, at our hourly rate, we want to have a certain amount of hours up front so Got that it. we can just get to work and do yep. our job. And once it gets to a certain point, we're going to ask you to put more in. And okay. so when you've got litigation and things that really the attorney can't control, yep. I, myself, I might be able to work with you and know how much work I'm doing, but there's always the other side. Yes. How much are they going to do? How much are they wanting to push this? So that being said, that's where a retainer comes in. And there's also this hybrid model that a lot of people are unaware of, and that's called unbundling or limited scope services that says, okay. all right, maybe in the divorce context, I just want help me through this one hearing, how much for just this one area. And in that situation, you have an attorney, but for a very defined specific role. So versus taking on the whole thing, you might want to ask your attorney, hey, you know, it might not make sense to have you for the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. I've got a mediation scheduled or I have a settlement conference or I need help with just this one area. Got it. Is that something that you do? Some Mm -hmm. attorneys do that. Uh, our firm offers kind of a range through all of that. Mm-hmm. Others don't. But being able to approach that with that knowledge, that can save you a ton of money. Yes, I, I imagine so. So what about in the short period of time that we have here, um, uh, Vincent, what to expect from the legal process? Uh, just a few things. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that I could say, but uh-huh. boiling it down to it's a process, right? Just even in that question, it's a process. It's going to take time. And you should also be aware of the emotions that go through that. A lot of times sure. people think just 
the money side, but to say even if that was controlled or that wasn't your upfront issue, realizing that it's going to be kind of a roller coaster ride, and you might not get everything that you want. You may yep. get some, you might get none of that, but realizing that when you have a good attorney, they're going to be able to navigate their fees, that wave of emotions, and be your advocate through yeah. the whole thing. So, Vincent, a minute before I got to take us to commercial, um, just a shout out to the listeners on your best ad- advice and tip to leave them with today. Don't cut corners. If you are thinking, man, I I think I can handle this on my own. I have had that situation come up so many times. It is so much better to pay the money to have the consultation than to break that arm and have an attorney have to come in and re-break it, reset it. Yeah. Boy, that does sound pretty painful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Vincent. It's always a pleasure to uh, have a conversation with you. I appreciate your uh, expertise and wisdom in the legal arena. Thank you for having me. Coming up next on the Money Hour, do you have a real estate business or thinking of starting a career in real estate? If you do, what should be what should be doing to have a thriving business? Keoki McCarthy, president and acting broker of Real Living Northwest, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I like things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Well, welcome back to The Bunny Hour with your host for Mortgage Expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 13th show. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one show at a time. And if you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests that I have in studio or any questions that you have for me, please feel free to call into the show, 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or online at themoneyara.com. And in studio right now, I have Kiyoki McCarthy. He's acting broker of Rural Living Northwest Real Estate. And Kiyoki, thanks so much for coming in and uh, joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Not president of Rural Living Northwest. No, I've been demoted. So I want to ask you, Valentine's Day, are you going to do something special for uh, Stephanie? Um, that's a good question. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm going to say that yes, but I can't tell you. Okay. Secret, secret. It's a secret. Well, the conversation I'm going to have with Kiyoki today, we're going to be talking about uh, real estate, obviously. We're going to talk about realtors out there in their business and some things that they can be doing to have a thriving real estate practice. And also we've got something I want to talk a little bit about sellers, but I want to give my listeners a little background uh, of who you are, Kiyoki. And uh, again, 
in. He is acting broker, real estate, Northwest Realtor. Stephanie, his wife, is the president. Kiyoki is a father of two girls, married to her wonderful wife, Stephanie, which I just mentioned, lives in the greater Seattle area, owns a real estate broker. He's a tech geek. I mean, he's really a tech geek, always trying new things. Uh, Blogger wannabe, brother, son, and hack golfer. Uh, Kiyoki is, again, acting broker of Real Living Northwest. He's been in the real estate industry for 15 years and designated broker for 10 years. He is the chair of the Northwest Multiple Listing Service Disciplinary Panel, uh, director of Washington Association of Realtors, and has been recognized as Brookfield Global uh, Rec- Relocation Award winner. And this is just one out of the U.S. And again, Kiyoki is always a pleasure to uh, have you sit across from me. And I want to start out um, for the sellers that we have out there uh, listening right now. You've got some a really cool option for sellers that are trying to sell their home. So can you share that with the uh, all my seller listeners? Absolutely. Uh, we have two things, two things that we've uh, we've realized could be a huge benefit to a seller. The first one is a program that allows a seller that doesn't know where they're moving to sell their home and then look for a home. Because what's happening, if you think about it, is the market's crazy, right? You've got all these people trying to to buy the, the one house or the two houses. So if you're a seller, you're worried, okay, well, let's say I sell my house. Now uh-huh. what? I, I can't find a house to, to move into. So what we did is we uh, picked up some investors okay, and we have the ability, these investors are looking for rental homes. And, and it made me realize, well, we're looking for rental homes and you want to sell your home, but you don't know where you want to move. So mm-hmm. we'll come in and we will we'll buy the house right there wow. for you. And then you can look at your heart's content. You pay mm-hmm. market rent back to the investor. And it's a win-win for everybody. The investor gets a house. And, uh-huh. and I'm not talking about coming in and getting a deal. I mean, I'm talking about the investor the coming. fair market price. Yeah, paying fair market value, letting uh-huh. you uh, letting you stay in the house. And if it takes a year or two years, it doesn't matter because wow. this investor didn't buy the house because they want to live in it. Yep. They bought the house because they just want a, a rental property. And if you're willing, if you're to, willing pay to pay the rent. rent. <laughs> you know, I should have added on your buyer is problem solver. Problem. Because if you can get this out there, this is our biggest issue. And we've talked a lot about it on the show with the lack of inventory. And so if, if you're a seller out there and you're not moving and this is what's happening, you want to move, you want to take advantage of these awesome interest rates. You want to move up, get your family into a better school zone uh, area, whatever that is. But just as Kiyoki said, you're afraid. You're afraid of being able to find another home. So what an amazing opportunity to be able to sell your house for market price, get a great deal because you can now as a seller get a great deal on your home and then hang out for as long as it takes. Now, what happens when people are forced and they and they do need to sell is they're actually taking less money possibly to be able to sell their home so that they can move on instead of, you know, being able to maximize this opportunity. So that is brilliant, Kiyoki. So what how could one of my sellers uh, get a hold of you and what do they do to actually get more information about uh, getting set up for this program? Yeah, so probably the easiest way to find me is Kioki, K-E-O-K-I dot rlnorthwest.com, RL for real living. So Kioki dot rlnorthwest.com. And uh, I have a whole information uh, section on my website that okay. talks about this program. But 
but I got to ask Worthy to talk with you or talk with Stephanie. Yeah, well, you know, probably most ask people. For Stephanie. <laughs> most people would. would <laughs> she's a lot nicer than Kiyoki. She is. There's no doubt. She's the fr- she's the face of the company, and I'm she the I'm the guy is. in the back that uh, just does the the details. Yeah, I didn't know that we were on camera. Otherwise, otherwise, I would have actually made Stephanie come here because she is the face of the company. Yes, you are yes. definitely the voice of the yes. company. <laughs> well, you know, I I like to have some front time, so she yeah. let she let me take this oh, one. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a it's a simple solution, and uh, I just wanted to throw that out there before we talked about yeah. um, maybe how real estate agents can. So let's uh, talk about that. Let's transition over. For I have a, a, a huge podcast of listeners in the real estate community, and we have all the experts that come in and and share their advice for buyers and sellers. And I thought it would be great as the designated broker of the company. For us to talk about how can we help our real, real real estate brokers out there to be more successful in their business, because that's really what it's about. And this show is about making money so that you can have a better life for you and for your family and being more successful in your career. That's the start of it. So you talk about establishing your identity and your why and your story. Can you explain what you what you mean about that and why that's so important for a real estate broker? Yeah, if you're a real estate agent uh, broker and you're trying to get your name out there, you're trying to build your business, you're trying to become successful, mm-hmm. if you haven't started at the number one thing, you're everything you do from then on is not going to be done properly. And And what that is is, You've got to be able to share your story of why and who you are as a realtor. Mm -hmm. You need to explain what you believe in, what you stand for, and why someone is compelled to work for work with you. And and it's different for everybody. And and if you think about it, as a as a buyer or seller, there are literally endless choices of agents out there. Yes, Uh, buyers and sellers there are inundated with the same boring messages hire me i'll help you sell your house and 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 if you're basically doing those same messages you are not sticking out um, along with your must do's you need to remember to personalize it it has to be about you truly and there are many great exercises actually one of the cool things because this is coming out we actually have a class that we're doing Oh, that's um, right. That that would be a great way for a realtor to do this. And effectively, it's a... I'll be there. Yeah, you will be there. Huh? And uh, it would be a great class for someone to come. And uh, what it is, is it's developing what what uh, we call a power pitch. Uh, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, Chris Bartell, is... Um, is has been in the in the branding industry for about 20 years and he just developed this program um, for realtors to be able to brand themselves and so you come to this class and by the end of the class you will have why someone should work with you you'll have a mm-hmm. whole elevator pitch actually he calls it a power pitch because like an that. elevator pitch yep. is old school yes and so uh, keep it real nw.com is my uh, website for agents to go to. So if, if you wanted more information on that class, go there. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a great day. And as Kiyoki said, I mean, you want to stay away from the 3 Ps, price, product, and processes. Processes meaning service. And focus on your why and what makes you unique in how you're going to be able to help your buyers, sellers, or uh, your referral partners. So Kiyoki, let's go ahead and move on to the importance of designing a follow-up plan because the biggest thing that people drop the ball in any industry and especially in sales is the follow-up. 
So let's talk about that. So, Tina, according to NAR, the National Association of Realtors, 25% of people end up using the same agent they used before. Only 25%. That's just crazy. And it is crazy. And if you look at the average client satisfaction, it's not that only 25% of uh, clients are happy at the end of a transaction. It's that the one simple rule of sales is follow up and yes. and we don't as an industry we're terrible at it and uh you've got to develop a client follow up system that has at least 7 years mm-hmm. of of touches of content of of uh whether it's telling you to make a phone call or a visit mm-hmm. or do you have uh, events for your clients, whatever it is that gets you in front of your client over the next seven years. And the thing is, you can't just create it on the fly per customer. You've got to design the system. Yes. You're the queen of one timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to one time mm-hmm. this system. You yes. need to create a follow up system and then hit play at the end of a transaction and have that transaction go all the way through until they're ready to do another transaction. I say, uh, you know, if it's why go out and chase new business, work with the business that you've already established and that you've worked so hard to get and just take care of them. And the biggest thing right now, I love technology because nobody's taking advantage of the personal touch. Pick up the phone. Nobody else is doing it. Right. So it's just uh, have all that other stuff, the email, automated emails and all that cool stuff and the social media stuff. But don't forget to pick up the phone. So let's talk about uh, suggestions that you have on uh, about a buyer and seller presentation. Yeah. So that's another one. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm shocked at how many agents when the phone rings and someone uh-huh. says, hey, I'm thinking about selling my home the agent goes into a panic. Okay, I've got to create something to go meet with this seller and yeah. convince them to use me. Yeah. And that that's it's too late. If you've received the phone call, you are so far behind at that point. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a plan in place again of how you give a presentation and you've got to mm-hmm. practice that presentation. Yep. And there's a lot of ways you can do presentations these days. Are you going to, you know, I know in my company we have a paperless system. So uh, the presentation is delivered ahead of time to the nice. age, uh, to the client. They know what you're going to talk about when you get there. You go through that presentation. You can either do a, you know, you could give them an iPad. I mean, there's so many ways. You can still do old school print paper. Yeah. I mean, people still like to touch and feel, mm-hmm. but you've got to plan you got to embrace ahead. your uniqueness and the way you you present. Yes. Yeah. And asking specific questions on exactly, you know, what, because everybody has a, or or you're going to put them into um, the presentation, adjust the presentation based on what their needs are. So really finding out what's important to them. And I always say at the end of a presentation, it's always time to sell your unique proposition. And that's again, your why and really your, your close and leaving with a call to action. Kiyoki, last time before I've got to uh, wrap up our show here, once a real estate broker has a listing how do they manage and advertise that listing to make sure that they have the best success for their seller? Right. Now you've got the listing. You have two main goals. Uh-huh. The first is to get that listing in front of as many eyes as possible. Uh-huh. You know, you've got to show it in the best light. You better have had professional photos and all of that to, to get it out there. But, but secondly, you need to show your seller. Because your seller sometimes doesn't see what's happening behind the scenes. Uh. And there are so many ways. So I know in my company, what we do is we have a seller insight report where everything we do, all the marketing material, all the phone calls we take, everything we do gets 
added to this website and the seller can see it at any given point. And that is so important because if your house doesn't sell right away, your seller is going to want to know what you're doing and you better be able to prove to them that you're taking care of them. Makes total sense. Kiyoki, thank you so much for spending time with me. Absolutely. I would have liked to see your lovely bride as well, but with those uh, two special cherubs that she calls them, um, she couldn't come in. Yeah, next time. Yeah, next time. Kiyoki, thank you so much. You bet. Coming up next in the Money Hour, so we're going to wrap up the show. I actually have another guest. It's been such a great day already. Um, we're going to talk more about real estate for buyers and sellers that are out there. I have Don Harker with John L. Scott Ording coming up next, right after this break on 1150 AM KKNW. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm going to say it every uh, every intro. Happy Valentine's Day to all those special ones out there. Dave, I love you very much. That's my, my husband, 20 years this year. Um, and I like to have a little crafty thing, so... Just make me something. I bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything money. I'm here to help you today in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com to discuss anything regarding your finances, any topics that you'd like to have in uh, studio. And right now, guest in studio, first time guest in studio, uh, John Huckler with John L. Scott in ording and we're going to talk everything real estate john thank you so much for coming in and visiting me you're welcome i'm excited to be here awesome a little bit about john uh just over a year in the business and i like to bring in the elite the best of the best and new in the industry sometimes it's hard to reach high levels of success john's done very well uh received broker of the month in his office and this was voted by his peers so that says a lot because peers can be uh pretty hard. Yep. And he also received rookie of the year within his office based on volume. So that's actually based on success of doing transactions. So early in his career, he's already at the top and pretty impressive. So John, that's why I invited you in studio is because you're already killing it and a year in the industry. John loves working with new buyers and investors. So let's go ahead and start out, John. Uh, What does a real estate broker do 
for his clients or what do you do for your clients? I mean, first off, you know, real estate brokers like lawyers and uh, doctors and some banks, uh, we have fiduciary duties to our to our principal or our client. Mm-hmm. And that, what that means and what that looks like is, um, you know, we have to look out for our best interest before or their best interest before anyone else. Um, you know, that's where a great broker comes in and they, they, they will sit down and have a heart to heart with you with their client mm-hmm. and tell them the truth on many issues like like price uh even if it means not getting that um uh that listing or or even having to move on from a house that they may really love like as a buyer um for me i you know f- um for me i try to get my clients the best home and the best price range for the best deal you know in the market and in today's market uh, you know, you're looking at if you can get a 3% discount on a home, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing pretty good. Yeah. And, and you know, John, I like how you, you know, really mentioned as um, working for your clients, it's really being honest with them, honest with the seller that this yes. is what the price of your home is um, and honest with your buyer that this house really is not going to meet what you, your goals are. There may not be nothing else, anything else on the market right now, Correct. but let's wait. Let's wait to find a good house that you're going to be happy with. Yep. So what about uh, purchasing a condo? Because I know a lot of people are, are uh uh, thinking condo, lack of inventory, maybe for a better price. So how are you counseling your clients and coaching based on finding a good condo? So I think what it comes down to is the condo complex. And I, I look for several key things for a condo complex. Um, one, is it FHA approved? Uh, that's huge. Uh, as a good majority of condo buyers, 30 to 40% are, are approved with an FHA loan. For, the, yeah. for that reasons, you want the complex to be FHA approved. If you decide to sell later down the road, which most of us do, you want to appeal to a larger audience, not just cash or conventional uh, buyers. Also, a lot of people think once the complex is approved, FHA, it stays that way, it doesn't. Yeah, um, so we you want a lot of them fall off. Ex- a lot mm-hmm. of them fall off. So you wanna make sure that the HOA uh, stays compliant with FHA and yeah. has a written plan to stay that way. The second thing that I look for and coach my clients on is you, you want to make sure that the HOA has reserves mm-hmm. and, and a reserve account and a reserve study yes. done. And that's that's huge. Also, the third thing is a rental cap because you want to be able to yep. sell it down the road. Um, the FHA rules for being compliant with the rental cap, you have to have 25% or less mm-hmm. of the units can be rentals. Anything more than that, that that makes you fall out of compliance with FHA. Yeah, and it is surprising with the associations, I don't want to get too much on the condo thing here, but that somebody is not just making sure that would never happen because it does. And that's one of the downfalls in, in condo is just not having complete control over something that the association can do. So get yourself on the board, take ownership, um, and make sure that you're helping to make a difference in that exactly. complex. Now, what about an, an owner carryback? Uh, are you seeing that? And, and how does that work? I'm, I'm, I've been seeing it with like younger buyers and then like older buyers with um, not as good FICO scores. Okay, so explain it to my listeners, John. So an owner carry or an owner carry back is a type of financing that is done in place of a conventional financing. Uh Essentially, the owner of the home, hopefully free and clear is a key point right there, uh, of any debt to the home, uh, holds the note for you and is typically serviced by a loan service company. As you know, with bank financing, there's a ton of moving parts 
An owner-carry transaction can reduce, eliminate, or even manipulate these moving parts to allow for real estate deals for which bank financing alone is not economical or even feasible. Uh, seller offering carryback financing for buyer for a buyer usually has a much greater ability of being a private person as opposed to a large financial institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be more creative and flexible with financing terms. Speaking, I just want to also like go into speaking with a lawyer, a real estate professional. Which you got one sitting right yep, next right to you. Right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and a good one of that. Yep. And, uh-huh. I, and a tax professional is always an important yeah. first step for understanding the risk and rewards of an owner carryback. You know, it's a great tool for self-employed mm-hmm. people. Um or even people, like I said, with low FICO scores. Yeah. Um, or those that want more control over desired financing terms. Uh, the banks are unwilling, for the banks that are unwilling or unable to appease such a seasoned investor. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it, it is a great alternative, not seeing it as, as much with the, uh, because of the lack of inventory and the prices that sellers can get for their home. But, um, uh, you know, there's always something out there for you if yep. you're willing to wait and you're, you're willing to, to find the right situation and uh, to fit with what, what your needs are. So what you talk about, you shared with me that one of the biggest questions that you receive, uh, John, from your uh, buyers and sellers is the the cost, closing the cost, cost associated, the closing cost. So why is that? Why are they asking that question? Is it the closing cost of on the actual loan or the closing cost for buying real estate? I think I think what they more or less want to know is what they're going to have to bring to the table. Okay. So with closing costs, I'm I'm not a big fan of that question because I feel like it's more of a lender. Well, question. I'm just I'm just saying when I when I heard <laughs> that I thought why in the heck who are they working with over their mortgage professional? You know, as being a regular listener to the show, that's what I do. There's no reason that you should ask your real estate agent what the closing costs are. That's something that you should know up front. And, um, you know, so if you're not, you need to pick up the phone and call someone else. Well, I think, you know, with the new disclosure uh, out there for yep. all the new deals, I think that really... Um, you know, brings together that. It doesn't, it doesn't. It depends on how far they go through the process. (laughs) So the mortgage industry, if they want to, they're going to figure, you know, they're going to figure ways around it. And it's not, it's just not getting to the full extent of the process to have to disclose it. So um, you should be getting those numbers day one up front. And that is also protecting to make sure that you're getting through the process to the stage that you need to early in advance. Correct. Yes. So what about if someone's uh, selling their home in today's environment and, um, it's not selling in this market. Why would a seller's home not be selling? Honestly, I mean, really, it simply just comes down to price yes. in, in today's market. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain to them because they have such high hopes for their home and they have that emotional attachment to it as well. Yeah. And so, in this market, they probably think the house is worth more than it's worth just because <laughs> of what's happening. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in King County as well. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I the I I really feel like the two or three biggest things that sell a home is ultimately price uh-huh. and um, staging it yes. and, de- and decluttering it yep. is huge. Yeah, it makes uh, makes total sense. So the process for my buyers that are listening uh, to the show right now, my conversation with you, John, uh, break down the process of buying a home um, in ninety seconds. <laughs> in ninety seconds. <laughs> 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 that is uh, that is 
<laughs> it's kind of hard to do, but <laughs> you know, a lot of people that first start getting into home buying and want to buy a house, mm-hmm. they're the first thing they do is always, you know, they want to do the fun stuff first, and that's to look at a house. Yes. So it seems like I'm the one getting called first. If they're not pre-approved, then I have mm-hmm. them go get pre-approved first and then come back to me. Yep. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, I need to know a budget. I need, mm-hmm. to, I need to know where to start. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've go got, from And there. they've got to know exactly the reality of what's available <laughs> for them, what the payment's going to be. So, and I, you know, it's not about wasting the expert's time. It's about wasting your time. You exactly. as a buyer, you don't have, you've got family, you've got career, you've got life. And so get prepared and get pre-approved. That's great advice. So what about the best advice that you would have in the process for a seller? The best advice, you know, I'd give a, a seller would is honestly stayed your home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, make that, sure, that and, and especially with the with all the online stuff, I you know it's uh, you may have one shot. They look at the picture and automatically delete it out of there, exactly. so it never comes up in their search again, right? Correct. You know, until it yep. comes off the market and goes back on the market because it didn't sell, and that's a whole nother uh, conversation and shows. So really, how you show your pro- your property yep. to maximize yep. makes total sense. And uh, what do you say when your clients ask when the next real estate bubble is going to hit? And I know you're in a little different. Uh, market than we are here uh, in, in this market. But what do you say when somebody, because that's a common question that people, what do you think about the next real estate bubble? Yeah, if I, like if I had a real estate crystal ball, I'd probably be obviously pretty rich to be able to predict the course, ups and downs would. and mm-hmm. the market fluctuations and bull market and bear markets and all that stuff. But I, I think since 2008, um, a lot of the government agencies and lenders have, have put and regulations into place to um, better qualify buyers um, along with, uh, you know, getting them the mortgage needs that, that they need. But mm-hmm. that also reduces, um, you know, growth. I think it slows growth a little bit, but that I think that's good because it's, it's more steady and manageable yep. for everybody. And you're not just coming across or always thinking about, hey, when's the next... Um, you know, real estate crash. Yes. When, when is when is it going to happen? And I think with those regulations in place, you know, if there is some sort of real estate crash like 2008, I don't think it will be as devastating yeah. as it was. No, I totally agree. And there's going to be a, a crash. There always is. That's the way the market moves exactly. and anything. It's up and down. And don't worry about that. Get into the market where you lose money as you're forced to sell in a bad market. And just like you said, exactly. we're, we're smarter this time around as an economy. So when the crash does happen, it's going to be for a different reason, but it will always recover. Um, and, I, you know, I you hear from the experts, we're the next Silicon Valley. So look at our employment and that should give you an idea. And look exactly. at our weather. I Well, maybe Maybe not all the time, but it's <laughs> changing. Right we got a beautiful, got a beautiful place. <laughs> so I've got uh, 30 seconds to, to wrap up the show here, John. Uh, what do you want to leave with my uh, listeners? Man, I, I just, I feel like um, picking the best real estate agent that works with you, mm-hmm. just like uh, Vincent here was saying with a lawyer, you know, whatever works for you, um, have a real estate agent or a broker do that for you or yes. pick one that does matches you or mirrors you yep. as a person. And that that's probably the biggest way to success for the best and smooth transaction. And as uh, Vincent said as well, we all just need to follow our gut. You'll exactly. know if somebody's working for your best interest or that's not. Huge. So 
Trust your gut. Yep. John, thank you so much for coming into studio. Excited to have you back again in the future. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And this is your host, mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Again, reminder, if you didn't get anything for Valentine's and do something special, just do something crafty. Do something fun and make your special one feel special. Enjoy your Saturday, um, the rest of the weekend, and I look forward to talking with you next weekend. Same time, same place, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.